Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com slash podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. We're in the final message of our series, uh, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. I feel a little inadequate after last week uh, to get up here and speak about uh, this after uh, after Joe was here and fired us all up, but... Uh, you know, in this series, we've been talking about uh, what God's Word teaches about money and stewardship. What a great weekend that was last weekend! It, it was a really, it was one of those, uh, uh, one of those. Uh, I don't know exactly what to call it, but one of those things in the church that uh, is just a high water mark. It's it was just an awesome weekend, and I I believe God used that uh, as much as anything in a long, long time at Salem Fields. How many of you are still fired up from last weekend? Anybody here still fired up? Well, some of you are. Well, that's good. Five of you. <clears throat> Takes a lot to fire y'all up, I guess. But uh, again, I want to just personally thank those of you uh, who give to Salem Fields Community Church, you know, because you made it possible for us to bring Joe and his team in here to be uh, uh, to minister to us last week. You know, even though we didn't charge anything for the weekend, let me promise you, Joe did. And uh, it cost us several thousand dollars uh, to bring him and his team in. And that's why I just wanted to personally thank those of you uh, who give week in and week out because you really made it possible because there's a lot, a lot of people. There were over 300 people that came to the free seminar, and many of them didn't go to our church, and uh, they left here fired up with hope. They got some hope that there's, a, that there's hope for their finances. And because of your giving, you brought a whole lot of hope um, uh, to a whole lot of people. So, again, I just want to say thank you for that. <clears throat> because we were able to do it because of your generosity. But we did it because uh, we want you to know, really, we want you to know that, uh, that we love you and that we seriously want to help you become debt-free because we think it's that important for you and your family and for the kingdom of God because we really believe God has some things that he wants to accomplish through us. And uh, in your life, you have dreams, and we believe God's placed you in this church because He wants you to help fulfill the dreams he has for this community. And we want you to be fully funded and fully free. Over the last three weeks, we've talked about the important fact that God owns everything. And if you haven't settled that issue, if you haven't come to that spiritual mark in your life where you say, you know what, I recognize and I acknowledge that God owns everything. That's a very important part of your spiritual life, but it's also a huge deal in becoming um, fully funded in your life and free. Gay answered the question of what truly happens when we give and, and recognized last week that God wants us to be a part of his story. So today I want to talk about to you about a financial miracle. Uh, I want to talk to you about a financial miracle, which reminds me of a man who was putting a tin roof on his house and on his barn, and all of a sudden he slipped and he began to slide down the roof. And like all of us would do at that time, he cried out to God and he said, God, help me. And no sooner than the words were out of his mouth, than a small nail caught his britches and stopped him. And when he stopped, he said, never mind, God, I took care of it. You see, the problem isn't that God doesn't perform miracles anymore. The problem is we're not looking for God to perform miracles. You know, we've got to this point where we just think we can read a self-help book or we got we can just do this on our own and, and we and we've got ourselves in a mess and we don't really believe that God cares about the mess we've got our lives into. Got our lives in. 
You know, I know many people in our church and our community are in need of a financial miracle. There's some of you here tonight that are in need of a financial miracle. I know that, and, uh, and I, I know some people, and I know that there are others that we don't know about. But in fact, Salem Fields needs, in some ways, a, fair, a financial miracle to do all that God has called us to do. You see, we need a financial miracle because these are the days that just seems like money slips through our fingers like sand. There was a recent article in U.S. Today that had this to say about the financial pressures we face. It said, with gas prices rising, health costs soaring, and consumer confidence taking a dive, many employees are struggling with financial woes that threaten job productivity. The article goes on to say that one in four Americans, one in four, that means one in four of us here because we're Americans, right, are seriously distressed about their personal financial situation. Now, the article also noted that financial pressure affects people of all income levels. We can be financially distressed and make lots of money. And we can be financially distressed and make little money. But financial stress and pressure affects all levels of income. And, and you know, so, so some of you are sitting here today under intense financial pressure. I mean, when you heard this series was going to happen, your heart began to race. And you said, you know what, finally, I might get some help and I might find some relief. And you've shown up. You've been here every week. And, you know, you came to the free financial seminar. You signed up for the coaching. You, uh, uh, you know, you're going to come to the thing on Wednesday night, the uh, I was broken, now I'm not group talk. And, and, and you've shown up here, and you're still, I mean, you're overwhelmed. I mean, you've heard it all. You know, like he said last week, it just be, much of it's just like jibber-jabber, and you really don't understand it, and you thought that you were going to find relief, and, and really you still, you're just overwhelmed. You can't see your way out of this financial mess you're in. But here's what I believe. I believe that this message has the power to transform your life. I believe if you came here tonight needing a miracle, matter of fact, in any area of your life, that this message has the power to transform your life. As Joe said last week, most of us have experienced times in our life where we've said, I will take a, it will take a miracle to get myself out of this mess. You know, and as I said earlier, in fact, uh, this is a financial series, but this, this miracle, this message applies to any situation that you're facing in your life tonight where you are desperate for God to show up. I mean, some of you are desperate in the area of finances. You're desperate for God to show up. Some of you are desperate for God to show up in your family. Some of you got a health crisis and you're desperate for God to show up. I mean, you've got children that you're just desperate that there be a miracle and that God would show up. And before we go any further, I just want to share some good news with you. Matter of fact, it's some really, really good news. We know the author of miracles. We not only read about the miracles, but we know the author of miracles. And if you don't know him, you can know him today. His name is Jesus. And his story, he knows your story. He knows the situation you're in. He loves you. You matter to him. He's not mad at you. Matter of fact, he is so crazy in love with you that he gave his life, he gave his son to us to die for us so that you and I could have life. He is crazy about you and me. And he's still, whether you've seen it or not, whether you've experienced it or not, or whether you even doubt it, God is still in the miracle making, working business. Let's read our story tonight from 1 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And the story goes like this. 
the, man, the wife of the man from the company of the prophets called Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slave. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour the oil into all the jars as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil, the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Now, this is a true story. This is in the Bible, and it's a true story. And the, it's a true story of a financial miracle that we can all learn something from tonight. So let's look at the story to find the prescription for your financial miracle. If you're in need of a financial miracle right now, I just want to pray for you. Can we just, I just want to pray, or any miracle. Lord, let's, let's pray. Lord, I just pray that you will open our hearts and minds, Lord, that you will just help us to receive the message that you have for us tonight. Lord, it's your word. It's true. It's life-changing. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And Father, there are people sitting right in this room tonight or listening online, God, or sitting in the cafe, avoiding or whatever, God. There is a miracle waiting. And I just pray right now, Lord, that by the time that we finish this message, Lord, that you will just uh, give us a heart of faith to believe that you're going to do something miraculous in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. So, so let's look at, let's look at the, how God likes to show up in the midst of our uh, desperation. This is our first point today. It was, it was a desperate situation. This lady was in a desperate situation. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take away, to take my two boys as his slaves. Now, here, here's what I want you to see. This is huge. Debt. Now, many of us are in debt. Many of you are in debt. Praise the Lord that, that we're nearly out of that except for our house, but we're in debt. And, and, in our, and what I'm trying to get you to see here tonight, debt contribute to this desperate situation. And there, there's many of us tonight that have created debt, and it's created a desperate situation in your life and in the life of your family. It may not be as desperate as this situation, but you know yourself, if you're in financial debt tonight, you, you're in a desperate situation. You know, that's why Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Now, I wonder, when I read this text, I wonder if the husband really understood the danger he was placing his family in when he entered into this debt agreement. I, I mean, I wonder, did the husband believe that he was going to die prematurely? The debt directly impacted the family. I mean, what did his boys think? His death and the debt left his wife in a desperate and hopeless situation. I mean, think about it. Back then, without any savings, widows were guaranteed almost guaranteed poverty. She lost her husband, and now she's facing the loss of her children. Can you imagine living with this desperate situation? 
She is in debt. Her husband created a debt, and they were in debt, and now the, the creditor has come, and the creditor says, if you don't pay up, then your boys are going to be in slavery, you're going to lose your children, you're going to lose everything you have, and then you're going to lose your children. What a desperate situation. And you might be in that desperate situation tonight. You might find yourself in a desperate situation. Today, I'll, I want you to take heart and find encouragement from this awesome story of God's faithfulness, that God specializes in desperate situations, that God shows up in desperate situations. The first step, the desperate situation. The next step is uh, for a miracle is to seek God. The Bible says again in 2 Kings 2, 4-4, Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Now remember that. She said, I have nothing. I have nothing at all, she said. Oh, but I do have a little oil. Now Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. I like this next statement. It says, she said, go ask your neighbors for empty jars. And Elisha says, don't ask for just a few. Don't ask for just a few. He said, then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put one aside. Put one aside. You see, the, when things are hopeless, it's easy to think you have nothing. I mean, some of you are in a desperate financial situation, and it's easy to, for someone to just say, I don't have anything. I have nothing. And that was the woman's first response. She said, I have nothing. I have nothing there at all except a little well. And she said she only had a little well, but she actually had more than that. And you know, when we're in a desperate situation, sometimes we miss what we really have. You know, what, what did she have? She had a little oil. She had a little oil. She still also had her sons because they weren't, they weren't taken into, uh, by the creditor yet. She also had neighbors. In verse 3, she had a man of God right there in her house. She was healthy enough to get, the man of, to get to the man of God, and she had desperation. Have you noticed how desperation will cause people to do something they ordinarily wouldn't do in their life? If things appear hopeless, it's easy to discount that we have nothing. It's easy to discount everything to nothing. But what do you have? I mean, if you're here tonight, you say, I don't have anything. I am broke. We are desperate. Uh, it, it is a desperate situation in my house. We don't have nothing. But yes, you do have something. You can go directly to God. You can go, you have direct access to God through prayer. You have instructions. You have principles in his word. You have biblical principles that it's in writing and printing and that we can get our hands on. And we have, we have direct access to God through his, through prayer and word. We have our children. You have your family. You have your friends. You have your coworkers. You have your neighbors. You have your church. You have some skills. You have some abilities. And most importantly, hopefully, you have faith. And so we need to look and assess what we have. And then we need to do what he says, do what God says. In 2 Kings 4, 5, the Bible says she left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, listen to this, and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. Now, sometimes it seems like God is asking us to do something crazy, but just do what he says. 
If during this series, if God has asked you to do something that seems absolutely crazy to you, just go ahead and do it. This lady went ahead and did what the man of God told her to do. She took the, she sent the sons around to the neighbors and, and she did exactly what God says, even though it sounds crazy. Now, I doubt the sons, uh, I doubt the sons had any issue with complying with their mom's orders. That was probably a miracle in themselves. But she, she said, go ask the neighbors for jars or be sold into slavery. Not much choice there, is it? You see, she said, it's your choice. If I were one of the children and I were facing slavery, I would go everywhere I could and ask neighbors for jars. You see, the neighbors helped by providing the empty jars. Do you think they were asking why they needed the jars? The amazing thing is God chooses the people to accomplish his work. By asking the neighbors, it allowed the entire neighborhood to witness and participate in the miracle. They all knew that her husband had died. They all knew their children were in jeopardy of being placed in slavery to repay her husband's debt. The least they could do is provide jars, but it, it required the lady and her sons to do what God said. I don't know, but maybe that seemed crazy. Go ask the neighbors for jars. I got this little bit of oil, and you're telling me to go around to all my neighbors, and you're telling me to go ask for jars. It must have seemed crazy to that lady to think, why do I need jars when I've got this little bit of oil? So she must have thought it was crazy to ask for the jars. And no matter what, our, no matter what your current financial situation is, we can all learn from this. No doubt during this series, during, this, during the financial seminars, God has asked you to do something crazy. I mean, like maybe God has asked you to surrender to the fact that God owns it all. And you're saying, that is crazy. I have worked hard for everything I've got, and you're telling me, God is telling me to surrender and say and admit and confess that God owns everything. And maybe that seems crazy to you. But if that's what God has asked you to do, then I would say to you, according to this story today, is to do what God has asked you to do, no matter how crazy you might think that uh, that, that might seem. You know, maybe God says to you that you need to start tithing, and you're saying, I got $1.75 in the bank, and you're asking me, God, to tithe. That seems crazy. And I'm saying to you, not if we said it, not if Joe said it, not as Gay said it, but as God has said to you to start tithing, and that seems crazy, then I got to tell you, I would start tithing. I would start tithing. Even no matter how crazy that we think it is. Or maybe God is saying to you, make a budget. And you think, that's crazy. What's it going to do? What good is it going to do to me to make a budget? Well, if God has spoken to you and told you to make a budget, and it might seem crazy to you, but sit down and make a budget. It won't cost you a dime to make a budget. You can go to his ever-popular website that he kept talking about. I was broke, and now I'm not. And you can go around there and get all the free tools to do that. It might seem crazy, but if God tells you to go sell your car, then go sell your car, no matter how crazy it is. If God has told you to go sell your car, go sell your car. If God has told you to go sell your house, go sell your house. If God's told you to move in a smaller house and get rid of your big house because you got to get out of debt, then I would do, I would go put it on the market and sell my house. If that's what God, you believe, not what I'm saying to you, but if that's what you believe, that God has said something absolutely crazy to you, go sell your house. If God's telling you to get a second job 
and you say, I've already worked myself crazy already, and, and if God said to you, and he's whispered in that small, still voice, you need a second job, go get a second job. I'm just telling you, whatever might seem crazy during this series that God has asked you to do, if you want to experience a financial miracle, it's going to happen because you're in full obedience to whatever God has said. God will not work in our life if we're not in full obedience to him. If God has told you to do something and you've told God to do it and you're just determined you're not going to do it, I'm going to tell you you're not going to have a miracle. You're not going to have a miracle. And you can just keep on living like you're living. Because we have to be obedient to what we know that God has called us to do if we want a financial miracle, if we want a miracle. You know, I think of the Israelites marching around the Jerry, walls of Jericho, and they did it. I mean, it must, I mean, that seems crazy to me. I can remember when Gay and I marched around the house one time. We, we wanted this house. We marched around and watched it. The thing never did fall down. We, the neighbors thought we were crazy, but anyway. But, you know... Have you sought God's will? Have you, have you tried, have you went to God or are you still trying to figure it out on your own? You know, have you sought God's will for your marriage? Have you sought God's will for your children, for your career or your business? Are you doing what he says? You know, what would happen if the widow had sought God's guidance but refused to do what she, he said? I mean, we do that, don't we? We say, God, help me out of this. And God says, sell your house. And you say, you're crazy, God. I'm not selling my house. Go, go tithe. You say, God, you're crazy. I'm not going to give 10% of my income. I'm not going to do that. God, I'm not going to get a second job. Well, why'd you ask? You know, if this lady would have not sent the sons to get the jar, she would not have had a miracle. There would have been no miracle. You see, she would have gone into poverty, and her sons would have went into slavery. And most likely, she would have sunk into complete despair. And some of you might be able to relate to those feelings in real, these real-life situations. My challenge tonight to you is to seek God. If you're in a financial situation tonight or any other situation and you need a miracle, is you need to seek God and then do what he asks you to do. And some of you know, some of you already know, sitting here tonight, that God has asked you to do something you're in terrible financial situation, but you're refusing to do it. But you know that you know that God has asked you to do it. And you're missing your miracle. And you're going to miss your miracle. You see, when we're faced with a desperate situation and we seek God and we do what he says, the result is a miracle. Look at first, or second Kings five and, verse 4, 5, and 7. She left him, and afterwards she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. I love this. If I was Joe, I'd be saying, this fires me up. She just kept pouring. I could just say, she kept pouring. They put another jar down. What did she have? She had a little oil. Put another jar down, kept pouring. And with, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not another jar left. And then all the oil stopped flowing. And she went and she told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. Now, here's what I love about miracles. Listen to this. Your sons can live on what is left. Think of the feeding of the 5,000. He said they picked up basketfuls of what was left. When God blesses something, it's something always left over. 
There's something always left over. And I was reading that. They not only had oil to get out of debt, but they had oil left to live on. Why? Because they were obedient to what God had told them to do, and God supplied more than they needed. And that's how God works. And if I were Joe, I'd say that fires me up. And, and I think there's somebody here tonight that just really needs to say, you know what? That fires me up that God would take care of my finances if I would just be totally obedient to what he's calling me to do with my life. Can anybody testify to the fact that God provides exactly what we need right when we need it? Anybody can just raise your hand and say, this has happened in my life. And I'll guarantee you there was obedience. I guarantee you when you think about that miracle or that situation when God provided, there was obedience. There was obedience. You see, we want God to perform a miracle, but we want God to do it on our terms. We want God to, we want, we want to put God in our box and we want to tell God to do it this way and God, you do it this way because I'm not going to send my kids over to my neighbor's house and gather up a bunch of jars. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And God, if you're going to supply for me, you're going to do it the way I want it to do it. I'm not going to be obedient to your word. I'm not going to follow the principles of the Bible. I'm not going to listen to that small, still voice. And if she would have done that, there would have been no miracle. She faced a desperate situation and she sought God. She gathered together the, the courage to do what he said and God worked a miracle and he literally put her in the oil business. Think about it. She went from poverty to the oil business. Second Kings 4, 7 says, go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what's left. Man, that is exciting. From poverty to having oil left over for the family to live on. Why? Because she sought God. She was in a desperate situation. She sought God. She was obedient, and she did exactly what God asked her to do. And today, she's written about in the Bible, and God put her in the oil business and took care of all of her needs. Now, this is not about getting wealthy or having a bunch of stuff. This is about getting, not getting, this is not about getting your greeds met, but it's about getting your needs met. You see, God gave more than enough. The widow asked for help to save her sons from slavery, and God did that, plus he provided enough for them to live on. He provided enough for them to live on. You see, God fixes tough situations, even when we screw up or mess up, even when we mess up, even when it's your fault, even when you've done something dumb. Even when it's self-imposed, God fixes tough situations. You see, God is the great forgiver, and God is the great provider, but he will only do it when we act in obedience. You see, if you're waiting for your miracle tonight, I would encourage you to do what God has spoken to you to do during this series. You see, God wants to do for us I think God wants to do something more. Wants to do something more for us. I think it's the Lord's telling me something here, but I, gotta, I really believe God wants to do more for us than we're willing to allow Him to do because we're afraid to step out and do what God has asked us to do. You see, it's Gay and I, Gay and I's prayer that this series has helped you in a real and significant way. 
And I want you to know that Gay and I, are, as the leaders of this church, we're committed to helping you win in your life. I mean, every area of your life. We want you to win. I want to tell you, we're for you. And no matter what, no matter what is ever said, we're for you. We've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Maybe not done things the way we always should have done it, but we've always been for you. And we want you to win. We want you to win. You know, we want you to win with your finances. We want you to win spiritually. We want you to win emotionally. We want you to win in your marriage. We want you to win with your, your kids. You know, we want you to win with your career. That's why we stuck with this 20 years. You know, believe me, it would have been easy at times to walk away. But we want you to win because we love you. Your generosity is incredible. And so I, I thought it would be awesome just to finish this series by offering a time of prayer for those of you who are facing a desperate situation and you're in need of a miracle. Whether it's a financial miracle, whether it's a health-related miracle, whether it's a miracle in your relationships, your career, emotional miracle, spiritual miracle. Maybe there's somebody you're praying for in your family that needs a miracle and you want to come and stand in their place. And just pray for a miracle. I'm going to ask the pastors, a couple pastors that are in the room to come up and, and we're going to literally pray for you. Um, I don't know, Matt, do you have anointing oil? I have anointing oil. Maybe you just want to be anointed. The Bible says in James chapter 5, it says, if any one of you is in trouble, call the elders of the church together. In our, in our persuasion, we believe elders are the pastors of the church. It says, call the elders of the church together. Anoint their head with oil, and the prayer of the righteous person will make the sick person well. Now, there's no righteousness up here except the righteousness that's been imparted by Christ's death on the cross and his shed blood. But we want to pray for you and have a prayer of faith to believe that God's going to do something in your life tonight. And so if God calls you during this song that the band's going to play and sing for us to come up during this song, we're going to pray for you. And we're going to anoint you, and we're going to pray for you. It's not, it's not, we're not going to do any crazy. No snakes going to fall out of the ceiling. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to pray for you because it's biblical. If any one of you is in trouble, any one of you need a miracle, any one of you that just want God to work in your behalf, we want to pray for you, okay? If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.